Oh, my dear, dear gapers. With this incessant and wholly unnecessary lockdown depriving us of the precious human contact we so need, I know some of you will have been resorting to being more intimate with your pets. Yes, I knew a man called Andrew who used to do that in and out, up and down, day after day. Terrible business. And there was another Andrew I knew, yes, he used to do it with his pet trains. Yes, I have a lot of friends. I am a very popular man. And uh, now that my Chris has left us, I have been bonding with my the only intelligent creature here I have left to talk to. Of course there are the staff, but it is never a good idea to treat the help as human beings, as it has a tendency to give them ideas above their station. Before I introduce you to my pet, let me tell you how I found him. I was sitting in the council meetings, standing tall against the Russian state's malign efforts to corrupt local infant politics. And there he was. A magnificent dog appeared before me. Dark black hair, a dark coat like the cloak of Rentoul, and a white streak across his tummy. No collar either, so he was free to take home with me then and there. What a day we had in the grounds of Kaunadu. Me drinking a milk and regaling my darling Jim with my tales of the Cuban expat community in 1960s Syria. Him sitting at my feet, enraptured with my stories. I decided to call him Jim to commemorate the late son of a close military friend who had been responsible for the Gulf of Tonkin incident. I truly felt a kinship with this dumb animal, this oblivious ship for brains beast. But when it was time for me to retire for the night, Jim refused to sleep in the basket I had laid out for him. All the effort I went to lining it with shredded copies of the James UK manifesto and he wished to leave my grounds. It was as if he didn't understand that he was mine, my property. The ungrateful beast even bit me after I tried to drag him to the basket and make him lie down. Dog bites, man. You couldn't make it up. Well, gapes bites dog. I'm a loving master, and like any loving master, you must temper that love with discipline. I had the gape goons guard him overnight as I slept and dreamt of ways to make the beast more compliant. Waking up, I had devised a most wonderful plan. The dog was to be taken to the shed where the goons were heating up a blade. Ex 
excess testosterone was clearly the culprit here. With the gape goons holding the dog spread eagle, I injected it with magic milk to dull the pain and then personally castrated the beast. The dog has not left its shed to this day, but when I am in a forgiving mood, I may allow it back in the mansion. I still talk to dear Jim as I am about to now. Come dear gapers, for it is time for you to be introduced. Hello Jim, your master hath returned. Here, a nice fresh rat for you. Boy. Yes you are, you are. I'll have the gape goons leave you a bowl of milk. Now, apologise again for voting against me in that council meeting. I'm sorry master. Good boy. I do enjoy our talks, even if you are bereft of abstract thought. Oh, you keep me sane, Jim. I'm so glad I found you. Greetings, precious Gape fans. You've just caught me on the computer. Since we cannot travel, I have been using the Google map to travel to different far-flung exotic locales using incognito mode obviously you don't want stuff to get on your hard drive I've been in trouble over that before there are four cities I must tell you about each so fantastical they barely seem real first to the north, a city of milk and honey. Well, milk and more milk. It flows freely in rivers and grand oceans. Glorious milk! The residents of that city never age and never get sick. The milk dissolves all impurities and rejuvenates the souls. Great dairies abound, over a thousand cows injected with incredible chemicals being milked 24 hours a day. The milk must flow, the bodies that regularly turn up having drowned in the rivers of milk are fed to the cows and sometimes as a treat these humans from milk they came and milk into milk they go. I creamy Ouroboros. Then to the east, a city of carnal delights. So many entangled bodies, it's hard to tell where one begins and one ends. Nary a gaping hole isn't penetrated, a nipple unsucked. The smell of ejaculate, the milk of the penis permeates the air, disguised only by the falling rose petals and cherry blossoms. The 
city itself is an act of devout worship, an unspeakable sin. Many a traveller only leaves to visit the city of milk so as to replenish and revitalise themselves. Then it's back to lubing oneself up, often with beef milk from Milk City, and once again joining the mass. Groans of pleasure! Screams of exquisite agony, exclamations of orgasm, the music of the city, a cosmopolis of cream. To the south, the scholars go, seeking the city of forbidden knowledge. They are willing to sacrifice their very sanity in the labyrinth of tomes and artefacts that line the streets. No Dewey Decimal System can order the books or catalogue the items. You do not simply find what you are looking for. I still haven't found what I am looking for. What you are looking for will find you. Pray that what you seek gives you an answer, for you are just as likely to receive another question. Even the most formidable professors have been driven mad from the knowledge revealed to them there. Wandering the shelves, looking for a way out. Sometimes you come across their skeletons. The look of anguish etched even into their skulls. And finally, to the west, the city of violence. Only the strongest dare venture there, or the most stupid. Kill or be killed is the golden rule here, the only rule. Those who survive have the honour of serving the king, those who don't, don't. The buildings are ravaged with bullet holes, all sorts of holes. Those buildings, of course, that still stand after the explosions. Men lie dying in the streets, limbs severed, organs eviscerated. Gunpowder, poison and death stagnate the air. The king demands only men who have shaken hands with death serve as his personal bodyguard. Once you have survived the city of violence, death no longer holds its terror. Well, gapers, I hope you've enjoyed learning the four cities, or should I say the wings. A rather clever trick, I think. One which I fought up all by myself. Every city I have described, every one, is actually a wing of my mansion. Milk, sex, knowledge, and violence. And here, in the centre, I sit on the throne, ruler of it all.
Here's your milk, Mike. Drink up. Magic milk? That's right. Now sit back in your throne. I'm going to tell you a story. Put that out! It's unclean! Uncleanliness in my cow to do! Let me tell you the story, Mike. Then you can decide if you can tell me what I can and can't do. Once there was a boy. Boy knew his name was Michael. That's my name! Yes, that's right. The boy woke up in hospital where he was strapped down. Every now and then a nurse would come in and give him some milk. Lovely milk. And then sedate him. The first time he woke up his thumbs were missing. The next time his fingers were gone. The next five times they slowly started to remove his arms. Still, he, he, he gets his milk. When they were up to the elbow, the boy refused to drink his milk and ran out the door. Down the corridor, into the operating room. On the bed there was a boy who looked just like him, with a gaping hole in his chest. The nurse appeared and told the boy, Gary, this is Michael, you killed him. The boy was confused because his name was Michael. The next time the boy awoke, they had removed his arms. Then they started on his toes, his legs, his ears, his nose, his eyes, his tongue. Finally, left with nothing, all the boy had was his name. He was called Michael. Do you understand why I'm telling you this story, Mike? I don't like your story, Richard! And I don't like what you're implying! Let's leave it there, shall we?